Hey there, and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy Freitas. In today's episode, we are talking about prenatal anxiety. That's right, anxiety that can pop up before birth. These days, you hear a lot about postpartum anxiety. Thank goodness, I'm so glad that we're beginning to shed more light on this really common, but oftentimes really painful experience. But the truth is, is that anxiety can pop up before baby is here. In today's episode, I invited my friend, Liesl Teen. She is a labor and delivery nurse. You might know her as Mommy Labor Nurse on Instagram to come on and talk to us about this very common, but often not discussed enough experience. If you are expecting, or that's something that you hope will be on the horizon for you, Maybe if you run a little bit on the anxious side, or you've got a history of anxiety, or you're already in the thick of it, living with anxiety, you're in the right place. I'm so glad you're tuning in to today's episode. You will leave with a better understanding of understanding why anxiety is something you might be at risk for during pregnancy, why it can show up during this season of life. And also you'll walk away with some tangible tips and tools for developing a new relationship with anxiety. This episode is brought to you by Prepared Postpartum. This is my digital course for expecting couples that I developed alongside Dr. Christine Sterling, who's a board-certified OBGYN. This course is your opportunity to have a family therapist, myself, and an OBGYN walk you through step-by-step all the things that you're going to want to put in place to prepare for this huge transition. We will support you in putting in place all the protective factors when it comes to postpartum mood and anxiety disorders. We'll walk you through the physical recovery, processing your birth. We're going to support you and your partner in navigating, developing strong communication skills and making sure your partnership is really strong going into parenthood. You're going to walk away with also some logistical support, navigating sleep and feeding and taking care of baby while also finding ways to activate your support system and take care of yourself. You can learn more about prepared postpartum at the link in the show notes. All right, are you ready? Let's get to the episode. You're listening to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy Freitas. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, mom to three, and I support mamas just like you who want a supported, loving, and rested postpartum so that you can flourish in that first year with baby. In this podcast, I'm sharing my conversations with perinatal experts from around the world and with parents who've been through it. While I hope that this podcast is supportive to you, it is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed health provider. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, Liesl. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast and have today's conversation with me. Really excited to get off the app and connect with you in real time. Many probably know you as the mommy labor nurse. Um, And I'd love to hear a little bit more before we dive in how you got into doing the work that you do what inspired you to get on social media and share information and content resources in the way that you do? Yeah, what what inspired you first to become to become a nurse and then to do the work that you're doing now at a much larger scale? 
Yeah. Oh, so we can go totally back if you want to talk about my nursing uh, journey. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of just uh, was in a completely different path in college. Um, I actually went to school for physics. Like I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And I wanted to like do something with physics. And then I realized that I can't, there's not a lot of opportunities to work with people. And it's very, you know, just not social. So I'm like, eh, this is not really for me. Um, but I love math and I just have, you know, always just love science and stuff. So uh, in college, I decided to change my major to nursing and yeah, just kind of went with it. Um, graduated in, now I'm trying to think, I think it was 2014. So I'm, I've been a nurse, no, 2000, 2000 and. 13, 2013. I'm like, what year did I get married? I know it was a year before I got married. (laughs) Gosh. So about eight years, eight and a half years, I've been a nurse now. Um, Started off in the ER. I worked in the ED for about a year just to get some experience, but always knew that I wanted to go to labor and delivery because I've always been just, just very drawn to maternal health and you know, pregnancy in general. It's just very fascinating uh, for me. And so I got into labor and delivery, got working, you know, started working as a labor and delivery nurse uh, about two and a half years after I started working. I had my first son and maybe it was three years. I was working night shift at the time, had him and, you know, took a normal United States maternity leave three months, came back, you know, after three months and I was working almost full time, not quite full time, but I was working almost full time, came back and, you know, I love my job as a bedside labor and delivery nurse, but I was like, is there anything that I can do to kind of supplement a little bit of income at home so I can drop to part time and, you know, like, is there anything I can do? And I've always been also very drawn to teaching too. Like I think if I didn't, if I didn't decide on nursing back in college, I would have gone with teaching because I've just always been a natural teacher, I think. Um, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of teaching in nursing in general. So that's kind of why, I, why I, another reason why I went with nursing um, from the get-go. So started to really think about it. My little one it was about six months after, yeah, he was about eight or nine months old when I started to get the idea of mommy labor nurse, which wasn't even called mommy labor nurse back then, but it was just, you know, this idea of try trying to do something online that is where I'm sharing information in a way that's reaching a lot more people than I can just at the bedside. So it just started off as a blog. I was just writing blog articles and, you know, sharing stuff on Pinterest. I had an Instagram back then, but it wasn't anything like it is now. Um, my, I wasn't, my brand wasn't even mommy labor nurse. So probably, um, a few months down the road, I was doing that for a little while and it was going well, you know, I was getting some traction. Then a few months down the road, I took an Instagram marketing course specific for Instagram and I changed my brand, changed my name to mommy labor nurse, um, changed the way that I took pictures. My dad is, Actually, he used to be a wedding photographer and he did children's photography in the 90s. So he's just naturally, you know, he's a photographer. So he had, I could use his knowledge basically. And they, my parents live local and he had this area in his out, his house where he did studio pictures in our house. So he had this nice fat white background where I could take pictures and, you know, I could just have his advice and in, in the way to take professional pictures. Um, so yeah, just kind of got some traction and did some, did posts in a way that where it was lighthearted. I tried to make it as lighthearted and funny and relatable as I could without this stuff sounding 
boring and blah and, you know, scary. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. there wasn't any really anybody doing it back then um, when I started Mm -hmm. on social media, doing it in the way that I was doing it in the birth niche. And there's a lot more people now, which is great. Um, But I really wanted to take the avenue of posting stuff and sharing information in a way that was really like understood and relatable to new moms who were scared of, you know, first, first time moms who were scared to give birth and they needed information and guess where everybody's at social media. So why not, (laughs) why not get on there? Exactly. Why not get down there and do some good? So, you know, Mm -hmm. so I just kind of ran with it and now it, you know, we've, we've done a lot of things in the past few years have been about through, it's been about three, I think it's 21. Yeah. It's been about three years now that I've been doing what I've been doing. Um, and yeah, we have courses now and we have a, you know, I have a podcast of my own. We have a, it's, it's a lot bigger than it was three years ago, but it's fun. It's still, it's still the same. I still feel like the same mommy labor nurse, you know, that I was, or wasn't even, this called labor teen back when I was, you know, first doing my thing. Um, but I still go over to my parents' house every once in a while and I'll take pictures if I need to do it that way. Nowadays, reels are a lot more popular, so I'm not having to do that as much, but I do more reels like here at my house, but yeah, it's kind of a cool, a cool avenue. And I, I think it's cool because I, I think I did spark a lot more people to do it because I, I was kind of kind of the OG in terms of this yeah. sort of information sharing in the birth world. So I think it's I think it's cool. I'm not trying to completely, you know, pat take all the credit, but no, I've seen no. a lot of people do yourself. like <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of people do similar things after I get got started, which is like uh, this yeah. is what I want. You know, I want like more stuff circulating. So it's pretty 100%. cool. 100%. <laughs> okay, thank you. I love hearing people's origin stories. Yeah. And I love the fact that you are one of the OG nurses getting on <laughs> and like making <laughs> yeah. information really um, approachable and consumable. And you are showing up in a space where expecting folks are already showing up, right? And yeah. if there's so much misinformation out there and also- Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's misinformation. There's also, you know, just curated highlight reels of pregnancy and postpartum, birth, postpartum. And so they're already taking in all that. And if you could come in, which you did, come in and share real inform, like tr- true information, right, in a way that's going to be really approachable and also like behind the scenes stuff, the things that not yeah. everybody's posting about. That was, you know, when I first got on social media as a licensed therapist, there were not, there were not a lot of therapists doing it. It felt right. like uncharted territory. In our training, there's a lot of messaging about like, you know, staying behind closed doors and private, like staying really private. Um, So I was like going against the grain in that way. And it was terrifying (laughs) at the time. And now, now there's so many clinicians getting on, sharing information in all these really creative ways. And now that people have so much more access to this valuable information. Mm-hmm. And I love hearing the origin stories. So thank you for sharing yeah. that. And thank you for paving the path because, gosh, this is this is so needed. And one of the things that you mentioned here was fear, like this mm-hmm. sort of fear about birth. And that's really what I wanted to talk to you more about today because, gosh, when it comes to birth, 
there can be so much that feels out of our control. And you know what anxiety loves? Anxiety loves control. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. when there is so much that just like – realistically is not going to be something we can control. So many different layers of that. Anxiety can sometimes really spiral um, mm-hmm. and we can find ourselves feeling a lot of fear and then or, and or trying to find different ways that we can have a sense of control, um, even if it's not actually helpful. Yep. And so I'd love to hear a little bit about some of the different ways that you see anxiety popping up for when it comes to birth and the whole and birthing people for um, birthing couples and birthing individuals. Like what are some of the different ways that you see anxiety and fear actually popping up? Just so that if someone's listening, they might start to nod their head like, um, yep, that's me. That's That's something that I'm feeling anxious about. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. It's very, very common. Um, I mean, I think it's not even as well tracked as it should be during pregnancy. We are talking more about postpartum anxiety now, but prenatal anxiety is really, it's tough because a lot of times it gets thrown to the wayside as that's, you know, it, you're hormonal, you know, it's hormonal, you're, you're pregnant, you know? Um, and that's really can be true, but a lot of times it's, you, you need some, somebody to talk to or you need some help. Um, so a lot of times what I see is I have a lot of moms DM me after they've had a loss, a miscarriage, you know, any, you know, at any gestational age, and then they're pregnant again. And now they're so fearful of having another miscarriage or having, you know, another stillbirth or another loss or, you know, whatever it may be of having the same thing happen. And so they can't even, you know, really enjoy this pregnancy. And so it's tough. That's a, that's a very common one. Um, I also see it at the end of pregnancy. We're getting towards the end of pregnancy and, you know, we're worried about when am I going to go into labor or like what's anxiety surrounding childbirth just in general. Um, I also see it very commonly at that in that second trimester when moms are talking about it, I can't really feel my baby move or like, how am I knowing that I'm still, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so those are some common situations. Obviously there's a lot of other manifestations, but those are some common situations during pregnancy that, that I, that we do see. Um, and then as symptom wise, what we see is, you know, you start to just have these racing thoughts all the time and you're feeling like you really can't enjoy your pregnancy. You know, you're really, really struggling to really, um, uh, what's the right word, uh, bond with, with the pregnancy because, you know, that's a defense mechanism. You're, you're, it's normal to act that way if you are, if you're anxious. Um, but yeah, lots of circling thoughts, lots of thinking, um, a lot of times we see, you know, you're having obviously trouble sleeping because you're pregnant, but it can manifest in, you know, racing thoughts of keeping you up at night. Um, you can even have physical symptoms like vomiting or sweating or these things that a lot of times it's, we understand why this gets thrown to the wayside because some of these symptoms, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, August and you're sweating because you're pregnant. I'm not sweating because of anxiety. You know, it's like the, all of these things together. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of, you can be physical symptoms like that, but more often I hear moms have the racing circling Mm -hmm. thoughts that go 
you know, well, if this happens, then this is going to happen. And then this is going to happen. And like, what happens if this happens? And it's a lot of anxiety about anxiety, you know, anxiety about something happening. Oh, the meta anxiety, right? Even having anxiety about the anxiety. Gosh, if I'm anxious, like this isn't good for the baby. Um, Right. (laughs) Gosh, it can be so, such a vicious cycle. Okay. So I love some of these pieces you're touching on here. Um, I can definitely relate to the anxiety during pregnancy. (laughs) Yeah. It is, and you're totally right that it's not discussed enough. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. People are talking more about postpartum anxiety, PPA, and some of the symptoms of that. But absolutely, I get DMs all the time. Whenever I open up a question box, there's always a question in there. So I know that postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety are a thing, but can this actually show up in pregnancy because Mm -hmm. I'm pregnant and I'm already feeling some of these things? Absolutely. Yes. Research has indicated that absolutely are you at risk, more at risk for anxiety and depression during pregnancy. And that can show up from before conception, right, around Mm -hmm. fertility, it can show up um, once you do conceive and you haven't even seen the doctor yet. Um, I have Mm -hmm. a friend who recently found out that she's pregnant and just felt so much anxiety about leading up to that appointment. Like, is there a heartbeat? Like, is everything okay? Let me tell you a story. With my first, I had so much anxiety um, before that first appointment, that first trimester. And I was having stomach cramps one day and I told my, I called my husband and I was like, I think I need to go to the hospital. Um, And he's like, are you sure? Like, I'm like, I, I, I'm really scared about miscarriage. Um, And then we went to the hospital and everything was okay. And it ended up, it was probably gas, you know, like gas pains. But a big part of it was, yes, the fear of of miscarriage. But there was also just like, I just wanted somebody to tell me that there was a heartbeat. Um, And even though I didn't get to listen to it, I did get the reassurance at that appointment, that, you know, ER visit, that there was a heartbeat. I mean, it, my anxiety led me to actually like take that step to actually have Mm -hmm. somebody tell me that everything was okay. Following the birth of my first, I did have a miscarriage um, between my oldest and my middle child. And like you said, that loss um, totally took, it kind of stole any of that, any any naive, any quote unquote like naive joy that I had experienced with the first pregnancy um, with, with that, with my, with the pregnancy of my son after that loss. And, you know, uh, even after that first appointment, because with my loss, we had already heard the heartbeat and then we lost the baby. Even after that first appointment, it was like, well, I I still do not feel that, that part of me, the anxious part of me would creep in and whisper in my ear like, well, even though there's a heartbeat, that doesn't necessarily mean that everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And that's what anxiety does. Mm-hmm. It has this way of popping up Trying it's to mean. keep us safe. It's a mean monster. Us. Yes. It's yes. It's and it, it is so mean, right? Because it, it 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 gives us these intrusive thoughts. It can take us, it can catastrophize, it can really get this tunnel vision and only focus on the worst case scenario. Um, but it's the reason it's there 
and it's trying to keep us safe. It's connected to fear, right? Fear is um, turns on that whole stress response in our body when there is a real identifiable threat mm-hmm. in front of us. And I- ideally, that you know, fight or flight system, um, that stress response is going to actually help us get away from the danger and keep us safe. Mm-hmm. Anxiety, it turns on that same stress response when there is not necessarily a real tangible threat in front of us, but it's worrying about all the potential threats. And, you know, at some level, there are times when anxiety can be helpful. Like if I have a job interview tomorrow or something important tomorrow, anxiety might pop up and say, oh, we really want to do well. Like we want to get a good night's sleep or we want to prepare. And at a healthy level, like that can actually help me stay focused, be motivated. But of course, there are times when anxiety surpasses its level of helpfulness and now we are like overly preparing or we can't sleep because we have those ruminating thoughts that you mentioned earlier. Um, And then, or we could have those physical symptoms of headaches, muscle aches, stomach aches, uh, a huge one. The reason why our stomachs sometimes hurt when we're feeling anxious is that same system that's turning on, that's revving up that fight or flight system to try to like help us you know, get away from the danger. That same same system is like, okay, we need to put all of our resources towards these parts of our body, right? Like pumping mm-hmm. blood to the muscles, your heart. That's why sometimes like you have chest pain. We're worried about that. We're not worried about digesting whatever you had for lunch. <laughs> so let's just like yeah. turn off the digestive system. And so mm-hmm. you'll find yourself having stomach aches. And then what you mentioned here at the end is that meta-anxiety. Now, you know, we've heard the, the the tales of like, gosh, you know, how stress can impact um, our pregnancy or the baby. And now I'm worried about the fact that I'm worrying. And it's just, it can be such a vicious cycle and it can show up really early on mm-hmm. before that first, um, you know, ultrasound or, appo- or appointment. It can show up you know, when we're worrying about our symptoms, when we're worrying about whether or not we're having symptoms, it can show up, as you mentioned, towards the end of pregnancy as the the, the looming birth is is in front of us and we're not sure, when am I going to go into labor? What is labor going to be like? Am I going to be able to handle it? Is everything going to be okay? Because, you know, gosh, there are, you know, there are the horror stories out there and what anxiety will do in its effort to keep us safe, is it will focus all on that, on the, mm-hmm. the, the catastrophes, right? Yep. Um, and it's way to try to keep us safe. It's like part what, what anxiety kind of does, it's like, well, maybe if I just imagine the worst case scenario, maybe then I'll be somehow prepared for that to happen. Um, that can also lead to what you mentioned earlier, not connecting to the pregnancy or not bonding with yeah. the baby yeah. because maybe then I'll be more protected if I haven't actually bonded. But then, gosh, I've worked with clients where that was that was the case and then maybe a loss was experienced and it actually complicates grief even more. I'm and sure. so, mm-hmm. yeah, anxiety can jump in the driver's seat trying to keep us safe but and sometimes helpful in some situations at the right level, right? But mm-hmm. in so many cases, is not helpful. So, for you as somebody who is supporting birthing people through the birth experience, mm-hmm. what are some tips you have for navigating anxiety when it shows up? Yeah, 
have lots of good ones. So the first yeah. one I wanted to talk about um, was this mantra that I think I've done a feed post on it, but it's for that person in the first trimester waiting for that first appointment or in mm-hmm. the second trimester waiting for those to feel those kicks or wherever in your pregnancy. Um, and it's simply telling yourself, I am pregnant unless someone tells me that I'm not pregnant. That's mm-hmm. that's all. And if you have to wake up every single day and tell yourself that, mm-hmm. then so be it. Um, and I think that's just a good kind of grounding simple mantra that you can just tell yourself every day. If you really struggle with, you know, wondering the, the wondering of like, how do I know that I'm still pregnant? How do I know I'm pregnant unless somebody tells me that I'm not, even if I start Mm. all of a sudden bleeding, I'm still pregnant, still pregnant unless Mm. I go in and my doctor says, this is what's Mm. happening. I'm still pregnant, Mm. you know? Um, so that's a good little, you know, short mantra. Really the main thing that we need to focus on here is talking about it. Okay. And I think the language, like you said, has changed on social media. Now we're giving more light to prenatal anxiety, um, especially and postpartum anxiety as well, but personally talking about it. So if you're starting to, if you're listening to this podcast and resonating with some of the things that we're saying, or you've seen, you know, you're resonating with like this anxiety during pregnancy, start talking about it, whether it's first just, you know, with your partner or with a close friend. Um, Ideally, we would love for you to talk to your provider about it. Um, And unfortunately, sometimes what happens is what I said in the beginning is that it gets, you know, kind of shoved to the side as this is an anxiety, this is just hormonal. But I would uh, encourage you to push back sometimes on that if you're dealing with a provider like that, um, because you know your body best. Okay, let's be clear. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like something's really going on, then it's important to advocate for yourself. So really the person, you know, the people that we want you to reach out to are your providers so they can come up with a treatment plan. Um, and then if you have a therapist that you talk to, you know, talk talk to your therapist about it. Or there's a lot of now. Now I feel like with COVID, you might agree with me, but I feel like with COVID, online therapy is so much more attainable, and it's just really easy to get appointments with people because, like, basically everything is virtual. So reaching out to um, a therapist, whether it's in your area, whether you know online, they there is even a, a way that you can go on. I think it's psychology.com or psychology today.com or something, that website where you can search like dozens of therapists. um, And there's a little button that you can hit for like maternal health or like works with moms who are, you know, pregnancy or postpartum. So finding someone like that is, you know, that has experience is going to be really, really great. So yeah, talking about it, obviously that's a big, big key. Um, Some other things that we encourage is finding like a physical release. So that's very helpful for people, whether it's walking, you know, yoga, anything that you like to do physically, dancing. I mean, anything. It can be, you know, as long as it's safe, you know, safe exercise during pregnancy, which there's tons of. But a lot of times just that physical activity can really, I know just for me, because I 
definitely deal with anxiety and I take medication for it. And my Peloton is my best friend <laughs> because like it just gives me that, it gives you that release. Um, so finding I, just, that- I just got off it. I just got off it before right? we recorded here. It's, yeah. right it. it's my buddy. <laughs> Cody Rigsby. Cody, I don't know. Cody Rigsby is like the, the he's my, he's. I know. Have you watched him on Dancing with the Stars yet? I haven't yet, but I, I haven't it. either. I have it. I have it. Like it's on my DVR to like yeah. watch, but I haven't watched it yet. Okay. Side note. But love that we're both Cody Riggs. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, finding a finding a physical release is going to be so 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 beneficial. As much as even in that first trimester, when you don't want to move sometimes because you're so sick and you're so tired, I, I've been there, and I and I've said no, I'm not doing it because <laughs> um, it's so so hard to get up and move and do anything. I encourage you to push back on that too because. Like it is so great for your body to move, even mm-hmm. when you feel like crap, you know, in that first trimester. Oh, okay. I, w- I want to touch on all three that you just mentioned. So yes. the mantra, the talking it out and the physical release. Okay. Yeah. I love this mantra. And I, as I was listening, I was like, okay, what's going to be the pushback here? Because I've worked with enough clients and done yeah. enough of this work with like um, meditation and mindfulness that like, I know I, and, and I've, and, and, and somebody who also runs a little anxious or a lot anxious at times has yeah. anxiety is a good friend of mine. Um, yeah. <laughs> I understand that like there are these moments where like, okay, I'm going to pause first, the, the first, here's the process. You have to first acknowledge that your, that anxiety is popping up, yep. name it just by naming it and saying, okay, there's that part of me. There's high anxiety. My old friend, you're here again. You know, but, just doing yeah. that, just doing that has a regulating effect. Just naming it. When we name it for our brain, our brain ha- soothes a little bit. And then the mantra that you said, I am pregnant until someone tells me that I'm not. And somebody might then say, okay, I'm going to do that. But then anxiety is so strong and anxiety pops up and says, mm, but like, like, but what if you're not? Like, what if you're not? Right. Like, right. what if something horrible is happening right now? Um, and, or, and you don't know, and we don't know, right? Mm-hmm. All the different things that anxiety will then intrude and pop in and try to hook us, right? Because it's... It's trying really hard to keep you and the things that are important to you safe. Here's how I would respond to that. First, we got to acknowledge that this part of us is trying to do its job. And so what I would say is if I was saying to myself, okay, taking a breath, I am pregnant until someone tells me I'm not. And then anxiety pops in. Responding it, responding to that part of us with Actual acceptance and compassion. Compassion. What I mean by that is saying, "Hey, hey, anxiety. I know that that is a really hard thing to accept because you are trying so desperately to keep me safe. Mm-hmm. But right here, right now, the way that you are trying to keep me safe and the things that are important to me safe is actually not helpful. Mm-hmm. The like the the little cycle, the dial you're trying to turn up right now, that fight or flight." not helpful right now. So I know you're trying to keep me safe and I know you're coming along for the ride. And you know what? Maybe this part of me is actually going to lead me to make a call 
to my OBGYN's office and maybe ask a question mm-hmm. that I've that I have that I've been wondering. Maybe I have a symptom and I don't quite know if it's normal. Yeah. So maybe I'm going to call or maybe at my next appointment my anxiety is going to keep me focused to asking these questions. Maybe anxiety feels like sometimes it makes it hard to remember, so I'm going to write them down. So we're we're, we're recognizing this is a part of us, a part of us that at times is helpful, many times the way it delivers the message is not helpful, mm-hmm. and that it's coming along for the ride. What that actually does is it helps us drop the struggle tug of war rope with this part of us. Because oftentimes what we do is we either try to like numb, avoid, white knuckle through, or we get hooked, we're struggling, spiraling, it jumps in the front seat, it's driving us, right? We feel driven by anxiety. But when we actually turn to this part of ourselves, almost like we would a dysregulated child, right? Mm-hmm. And we we show up with calm, mindful, compassion, acceptance with boundaries. This part of us actually, it, this work actually supports us in developing a new relationship with this part of us. One in which the next time it shows up, it's going to actually show up in a different way because it there's like a, tr- a trust there that we know how to respond and relate to this part of ourselves in a different way. And the more and more that we do that, we actually begin to build like new neural connections in our brain that when we get anxious, when anxiety pops up the next time, our brain's going to say, oh, remember we actually responded in this other way last time and it actually turned out this way? Mm-hmm. Maybe let's try doing that again. Because typically our brain's going to take the, the path that's most, most familiar, especially when we feel triggered or stressed. So what we're doing in these moments when we slow down and we use mindfulness or a mantra or we respond in a new way, you're literally rewiring your brain. You're building a new path that can become the more familiar path so that the next time anxiety pops up, it's going to be that much easier to respond. And the reason I say that is because people are like, this is freaking hard. Like anxiety is loud and like I just – it's really hard for me to slow down in these moments. And I get it. It's going to feel awkward at first. It's not going to work out all the time. But the more and more that we put that effort in to pause and create space between that trigger and how we typically react or respond with a mantra, with breathing, with responding and relating to this part of ourselves in a new way, the more and more we do that, the easier it's going to become the next time because your brain's going to be building new mm-hmm. neural new connections around this stress, around this trigger. Okay. And then you talked about um, talking it out. When we bring that part of ourselves out of the shadows and into the light with the people who have earned the right to be in that space with us, whether it's our partner or a friend, a family member, a provider, a therapist, that part of us, it loses some of its strength, right? Some of its grip on us because it's no longer in the shadows. We get to actually turn towards it and look at it and ask ourselves, where is this fear coming from, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's actually coming from old stuff, you know, and sometimes many times, thing it that we're, many times it is. And sometimes this thing that we are so afraid of, when we bring it out of the shadows and into the light, we recognize what we actually do have agency around, right? And the things that we don't, which yeah. sometimes recognizing what we actually have control over, like reaching out to get support actually is going to be more productive than just the ruminating that's happening in those little shadowy parts of ourselves, right? That anxiety is spiraling into. So, so important to find the people, identify the people in pregnancy who you can rely on and who you feel safe with. 
that mm-hmm. just that step, identifying who that those people are, is such a protective step to take um, before postpartum happens, and you're just like in the thick of it, right? Yeah, because then you then have somebody the, to to go to yeah. if it if it turns into that. Yep. In uh, my prepared postpartum course um, with um, Dr. Sterling, who's an OBGYN, we talk in there about the importance of identifying like your postpartum point person. Like there are so many different ways that people can come in and support us. There's the person who can be real with us. There's the person who can make us a really great meal, right? A really great nourishing meal. There's the person who can take our older kids, if we have older kids, out of the house. There's all different kinds of people that can support us. And then there's identifying who those people are, what their role can be, and identifying who's the person that I can be really vulnerable with and share these like shadowy parts of myself with. Like like, actually saying the really scary thought that I keep having and naming it and bringing it out of those shadows and into the light with someone who is safe. So powerful. And then this other piece you named here about the physical release. Okay. Oftentimes when we feel anxious, that fight or flight response, it's both of those are really activated responses. That's why sometimes when we feel anxious, we like rage clean, right? Like we we clean everything. We like are or or we feel ragey, we feel really irritable, um, or we feel like a caged animal and just like this like buzzy feeling. A lot of times that's because the system that's turning on and dialing up is that fight or flight response. So if we find a way to actually almost kind of complete that like stress cycle by responding to that, by saying, what can I do now to move my body in a way that's going to nourish my body and actually help me feel like I'm doing something without just like, you know, feeling completely entrapped by that anxiety stress response cycle. And so, you know, gosh, when you're in that first trimester, I think the idea of getting on a Peloton would have probably made me want to die. And so it's different things, right? Like it can be different things. It It can be yoga. It can be movement that is subtle, but you're moving your body in a certain way. It can be stretching. Like I was all about stretching stretching in the first trimester. That was like the only thing I feel like a lot of people can do. Totally. It can be going for a walk. Um, Mm -hmm. It can be any of these sort of movements. Sometimes actually it can be more sensory based. So sometimes if it's not movement, there's other ways that we can find that sort of um, sensory experience to soothe our nervous system, whether that's, you know, um, having somebody embrace you in a big hug, getting, um, drinking a a warm tea, um, getting a weighted blanket on you, um, taking a bath, Mm -hmm. doing different things that from like a sensory perspective are going to help shift that nervous system stress response in those moments. So I love those three tips and I just wanted to like add to them (laughs) because I think those are so key when it comes to responding to anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Um, well, I have a couple more if you want to hear those. Yes, please, um, please. So let's just like do the whole thing on anxiety, I guess. But um, no, my last two were just meditation and practicing deep breathing. And a lot of times with deep breathing, you know, you can say, let's do some deep breathing, but a lot of times people don't really understand what that is. So I think it helps to kind of break it down. Um, one of the one of the most helpful ones that I know is the four, seven, eight breathing. And that one's a little bit harder to do during pregnancy because we don't really want you to like be holding your breath all the time. Um, especially, you know, if you start to get dizzy, but the four, seven, eight is something that I personally do a lot of times before I go to bed to kind of like, like 
de-stressed um, and get myself to calm down if I've had, you know, kind of just a busy day. So the four, seven, eight is just, you know, inhale for four counts, hold your breath for seven counts, and then exhale for eight counts. So that's one. Um, a good one during pregnancy, though, is what I tell people, this is during labor, but it can be practiced during pregnancy as well, is literally try and take as slow as deep breaths as you possibly can. Okay. So like that means you're inhaling fully almost until that breath like wants to come out. And then you're going the same way until you're all the way at the end until it's like you can't possibly push anymore and then it comes back in. And so that's a really, really good one to really like slow down your heart rate, decrease your blood pressure, doing those, because I think that's one of the first things you probably can speak to this better than I can, but that's one of the first symptoms that happens when you start to feel anxious is you start to increase your breathing. So if you know in your body, like I know when I start to feel anxious, I feel it in my chest. You know, I feel that like mm-hmm. kind of tingly feeling in my chest. So as soon as I feel that I've, I've known this for so long, I just take a deep breath. You know, you just kind of like, And it kind of just re, you know, regulates my body very quickly. Um, So those are good, good ones. Um, The meditation piece is also good. And sometimes I think that one's good to break down too, because people don't understand, you know, when you say go meditate, it's like, well, how do I even do that? Um, So meditation is really, really really beneficial regardless of if you're pregnant or not. Um, I love it so much. It is just fabulous. And I use a couple different apps. I've used the app Insight Timer. I've used the Expectful app during mm-hmm. pregnancy. Um, and they have great ones that are guided uh, guided meditations that you can do during pregnancy. And it's super easy. You just plug your headphones in, find a really comfortable yeah. space. So easy. You don't have to you know, just be thinking about nothing. You can literally just put on something and they'll tell you, they'll guide you. It's called guided meditation. They'll guide you through it. So great. I mean, you can even find really great ones on YouTube, like just, you know, Googling like different guided meditations. But I think having an app is really, really helpful if you're new, especially if you're new to meditation. I can do it now without a guided. I can just, you know, meditate like on my own. Um, But having that app in place is really, really great, especially if you're already the kind of person that leans towards anxiety. Um, and having trouble shutting off your brain, those guided meditations are really, really great. And then the last piece, um, last piece of anxiety that I have, obviously, and this is what my whole platform is about, is educating yourself during pregnancy and learning about, you know, what to expect during labor, if that's something that you're, you know, if you're feel fearful of it, um, regardless, regardless if you're fearful of it or not, but educating yourself during pregnancy of what to come, um, you know, educating yourself about, about the, you know, if you're specifically worried about miscarriage, like looking at some statistics sometimes really helps like, okay, you know what? I do have a pretty, like my, my body is doing the right things and it's much more likely that I am going to carry this pregnancy to term than I'm not, you know? And if it does happen, then like, here are some things, you know, here are some resources. So, so the education piece is really, really important too. Um, and I think that, you know, that obviously is a lot more people are taking birth courses and just talking about things and getting more educated, but that can, that can be really, really scary, um, scary too. So. Oh, yes. Okay. And with some of the things that you mentioned, 
Um, expect the the CEO of Expectful was actually the episode right before yours. Um, Perfect. And so if people want to go <laughs> listen and hear more about the meditation, I love that app. I use it all the time. Yeah, and there's actually um, a code holding space for someone who wants to download the app, and they get a little discount there. Um, cool. And then I actually have an episode also called "How to Breathe" with breathwork coach Ashley Neese. And if you want to hear more about why breath is so important. You're doing it all the time. And it's so key when it comes to regulating our stress response. Mm -hmm. Um, There's science behind it and certain kinds of – it's not just about take take a deep breath. There's certain kinds of breath that actually can turn down the dial of that stress response and we talk about it there. and then um, I have, and there's another episode um, about how to prepare a real couple for postpartum where I kind of guide this couple as they kind of share some of their fears. And if you're listening to this and you are resonating with what we're talking about, the wife in that partnership, um, she struggles with anxiety during her pregnancy. And she's a therapist herself. And so we both kind of together talk about ways that she can begin to navigate that and um, prepare for postpartum while acknowledging that anxiety is there coming along for the ride with her um, and how to kind of, again, feel more empowered in the face of anxiety. So I'll share links to all of those in the show notes. But speaking of resources, Liesl, where can people find you and all the amazing resources that you are offering? Yeah. So I mostly hang out on Instagram. I'm at mommy.labornurse. There's a dot in there. Um, So mommy.labornurse on Instagram. I'm in my stories pretty much every day. We do Q&As on the weekends on Sundays and I answer, you know, questions about labor and delivery, postpartum, breastfeeding, all that good stuff. So people love those Q&As on Sunday. And then I have a podcast of my own, the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, which Dr. Cassidy, you're going to come on tomorrow. We're going to record and you're going to be an episode on the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. But we have a lot of really like a lot of different stuff on there. So I encourage people to go listen to that podcast if they're looking, if they love the love Instagram and they just want more because we dive deeper into topics, you know, similarly to how we're doing here. Um, so the mommy labor nurse podcast, and then we have the blog, which has a lot of articles on a lot of the same stuff that I talk about on Instagram and the podcast, but it's just, you know, deeper dive if you'd like to read and then our birth courses. So we have birth courses for, um, expecting moms, parents, they're really for, for both. Um, mom and partners. We have the natural series, which is more for a mom who is thinking about going unmedicated, more natural, but wants information about epidurals and other pain medication options too. And then we have the epidural series, which is for a mom who is like, I definitely want an epidural, but I'll listen to what you have to say about the natural stuff too, just in case that happens, but I definitely want an epidural. So we have the epidural series for those moms. And then we just came out with the C-section series um, a few months ago, and that is for a mom who has a scheduled C-section coming up. Maybe her baby is breach or she has, you know, some indication where she needs a scheduled C-section and that, you know, that's a whole different experience. So we felt like it needed a whole whole, whole birth course. And we have a lot of recovery stuff in there about C-sections too. Both the natural and the epidural series, we talk heavily about unscheduled C-sections because obviously we know that some people are going to have unscheduled C-sections too. But yeah, I feel like we got something for everybody. We're getting ready to update them in November too and just add a bunch more stuff and like the videos are going to look different. So we're super excited. 
Uh, what an amazing resource. I, something that I wish that I had had with my first because I wanted to go unmedicated, ended up getting an epidural, and then ended up having an unplanned C-section that ended yeah. up being pretty traumatic for me. Um, and so yeah. if I had gone in with more information and education, uh, it would have made such the world yeah. of difference. So yeah. you are we- changing, changing lives. Yeah, thank you. And we we talk about that in detail because really the reason the natural series was the first one that I came out with and the reason why I did it the way that I did it was because I saw other courses out there that were for moms who wanted to go natural or unmedicated and they are great courses, but they didn't talk about the other things. And so when yeah. something else happened, you feel like you're failing, you know, because you set yeah. yourself up for this birth that you wanted and then things change, you know, and you decide, "Mm, you know what, I think I want to get an epidural or, "Mm, you know what, baby's doing something funky and I, you're going to need a, you know, an unscheduled C-section. And so I looked at it like, okay, I know this is what you want and this is your goal, but I need to teach you about like everything. So you're prepared. And it's, yeah, people, we try, I really looked at my birth courses and said, I want to do everything that I can to prevent birth trauma because I see it and I see how crappy it is. And so I see that if I teach you, even if you're scared about the possibility of this scary thing happen, if we talk about it and it happens to you, then you're much less likely to come away from it with feelings of you know PTSD and trauma. So that's really what 100%. we're all about. And if someone's listening and they resonate with that piece, I have an episode where I share my two birth stories, both belly births, um, but I share the way in which anxiety led me to try to control things with the first and had pretty rigid ideas around what I wanted my birth to look like. And when it all hit the fan, it ended up contributing to the trauma of it. And so, and then I share how I healed from that trauma um, yeah. with my second birth and between those births. And so um, if anyone's wanting to listen to that too, I'll share links to that as well, as well as links to all of Liesl's, um amazing resources and where you can find her. Liesl, thank you so much for coming on. It was such a joy to connect with you. So grateful to know you and to have you as a resource and to get a chance to share this conversation with others. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. You've been listening to Holding Space Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, you might want to hit that subscribe button to be the first to hear when new episodes air. Looking for more support? I teamed up with a board-certified OBJN to bring you two e-courses for expecting and postpartum parents. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Thank you so much for inviting me into part of your day today. I'm so grateful, and I hope you have a beautiful, wonderful rest of your day.